Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Coming up on this episode of Braves Country, Scott and I welcome legendary Braves player and World Series champion Ryan Kalesko. He'll tell you about the time Merle Haggard, the legendary country singer, tried to pick up his mom, why he came to spring training his rookie year, 20 pounds overweight, and the one person he credits with getting him to the big leagues. And it is not who you might think. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. What's up, buddy? It sounds like you're on the road. Where are you headed? Uh, I pick up my son and then we got practice. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. Did you tell me in that text he plays in South Forsyth? Is that right? Well, no, he's in Macon, but they, 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 they practice a little bit in Forsyth. So, yeah, we some of their practices are in the Forsyth area. Yeah, but yeah, we play out of Macon, Georgia. Got it. I was thinking Forsyth County, not Forsyth, Georgia. Yeah, no, Forsyth, Georgia, yeah, we're down there. But his, his the team, he, he has a local team here. His travel ball team uh, is based out of Savannah, so he goes down there and plays with the major league. It's called a major. They have, like, double-A, triple-A major. Sure. His major team is based out of Savannah, so they're uh, – and he has kids from Florida on his team and everything. Sure. But we run practices on Sunday down there in Savannah. Tell you, when my son was that age, I remember all those levels, and we played in Savannah a whole lot. There, uh, let's see, there was a place, a little park we played at in uh, Rinkin, cool. Georgia. Yeah, Rankin and Pooler, yeah. Yep, yep, we played in all those parks yeah, when my son was coming up. Yeah, most of, a lot of these kids on his major team are based out of that area. There's about half of them. They're from about the, that Rankin Pooler area. Josh Reddick yeah. donated a field. Did you, ever, did you ever see that field? I did. Yeah, it's very cool. And the so, country singer Billy Currington's from there. Rankin? Yeah, he's from Rankin. There's a little bitty sign as you go into right as you go into Rankin right before you get to those ball fields that says uh, Rankin, Georgia, home of Billy Currington. Yeah, I'm telling it's big time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it's getting cooler and rinking is just growing like crazy. Dude, I think it's everywhere. My wife and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary, and we were up in Dahlonega, Georgia, up in, in northeast Georgia. They said they're having to have city council meetings on zoning, trying to accommodate all the population, all the growth from people out of Georgia moving to Georgia and, and especially some of the smaller spots. Yeah, it's crazy. There, I remember a meeting uh, last year and they're talking about the population in Georgia. It's going to be like sitting the state, the state of South Carolina in within a you know 45 minutes to an hour range of Atlanta. How many people are coming to Atlanta for work? We're talking to Ryan Klesko. This is the Braves Country Podcast. We talk about Southern lifestyle. We talk about music. We talk about food. We talk about baseball. We talk about college football. And I'm with my co-host Scott Munn, who uh, has done some incredible work over the years working as a tour manager for Driving and Crying and Blackberry Smoke and Jason Isbell. Brian, Scott was telling me you're a big Aaron Lewis fan. Yeah, Aaron Aaron and I have been on several outdoor excursions today. We fished and hunted together a little bit. And Craig Morgan's a good friend of mine. Uh, I was actually going to go up to Nashville and see him next week. We did some, did some turkey hunting with him. And uh, Jason Aldean, 
crazy guys from Georgia just coming, you know, songwriters and, and singers. And Bobby Pinson's son plays in Travel Ball, which is one of the top songwriters. Uh, yeah. Cole Taylor, he's from Georgia. He, he's wrote a few number ones for some guys. So Tyler Farr actually used to work with me and Bobby Pinson. He used to work on our farm. So we gave Tyler his kind of his first job in Nashville is, is, is our farm manager down there, right 30 minutes outside of Nashville. So I've been uh, blessed enough to be able to get to know a lot of those guys. And I think that's how it all started is when Ned Yost, when I was playing with the Braves, uh, Ned Yost said, uh, asked me that if I had any extra tickets to the World Series games, and I had them a couple. And, and uh, Brooks and Dunn, Kix and Ronnie were uh, sitting next to my mom during the 95 World Series game in, in Atlanta. So that's I got to be real good friends with those guys. And Gary LaVox of Rascal Flats comes out, and he, he actually – uh, uh, been to my property in California and, and bought property in Georgia and did some uh, we did some fishing up there and some hunting down there so I catch all the concerts I can now most of the time it's pro bono <laughs> that's right you know that's the beauty of country music and and look Aaron Lewis is known for being in stained and maybe people don't realize that he's put out a bunch of country records but if you don't you need to listen to some of that stuff but that's the thing about Braves country is that it, it encompasses the entire southeast and there is hunting and fishing to be done all over Georgia and Alabama and Florida and Mississippi and North Carolina, South Carolina, and of course, Tennessee. That's the thing. Like, so many country artists are into the outdoors as well as baseball. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, when I retired, I still get phone calls because those guys, a lot of those guys are friends of mine. So they'll be out on the road and they'll, they'll have a venue where they're playing. And like I said, like Rascal Flats was playing in California and, and uh, they had an off day. So they'd come up to my, my place in California and went fishing for the day. And, and then a couple, I think a couple of years ago, they had their tour bus. They were playing in Macon, Georgia. So he came down and did some wild boar hunting at night. So I've kind of, I, I guess anytime anybody's got some time off and they want to do something, a lot of times they're like, just call Klesko. Hey, he'll get you lined up. <laughs> There you go. You're the official uh, music conduit for the Atlanta Braves uh, alumni, I guess. Hey, Ryan, we met backstage in Macon, Georgia, at an Aaron Lewis Blackberry Smoke Show. I and, remember uh, that. I remember that. I remember we talked about the Braves, and exactly, I do remember that. Yeah, man, and, and Aaron's tour manager came into my office and said, hey, man, aren't you a big Braves fan because Ryan Klesko's in the dressing room, and he told me to come in there, and uh, it was amazing to see you in that setting and see you be the fan. You're a big music fan, man. I am. I, I enjoy it. My wife enjoys it. We uh, we travel to see everything we can as best we can, and uh, it's been great to me. You know, it's just all those guys are so gracious. We go to Nashville all the time, and just I guess it's kind of the world's kind of bond together. We have a lot of the same venues. A lot of those guys trade uh, travel to major cities, and we just like I said, I think I all I all to uh, most of it to you know the guys from uh, Brooks and Dunn and, and Rascal Flats. And I remember Blake Shelton the first time I met Blake. He was the opening for uh, Brooks and Dunn. He was like the first act on stage when, you know, there was like 50 people in the stand. You know, they started at like 5 o'clock. Blake came in on the bus, introduced himself, and just kind of just after his 20-minute set or 30-minute set, he came in and was singing. I looked at my wife and said, dang, this guy can really sing. And next thing you know, that's Blake Schultz. But, uh It's pretty cool to, to be able to mix with those guys. Most of those guys are just great guys and open their, their doors to you and come on in. And they like to have fun. And like I said, they're a big believer in that. They love outdoors. And I guess that's why most of us click and, and uh, you know, and, and a lot of those guys will come to the games too, you know, over the years it, they come out and I'd get them field batting practice passes where they come out and watch the team and get to come in the clubhouse and hang out with the guys. So it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a good ride, you know, it, guys that uh, most of the ball players are country music fans too. So it kind of, it, it worked out great. Yeah. We were talking to Ed Rowland of Collective Soul about how a lot of ball players would, that kind of secretly want to be musicians or touring artists. And then guys on tour who play guitar or sing, or whatever, they, they kind of would really like to be a ball player. Do you ever find that? Oh, yeah. A lot of the guys, 
uh, on the team, you know, travel their guitars and they play and entertain us and stuff. Exactly. So I'm Barry Zito's a big musician. Uh, played uh, with Cy Young Award with Oakland. He played. We played together and uh, with Barry Bonds in, in San Francisco. Uh, Jake Peavy carried his guitar around. Uh, Scott Linebrink uh, with the Braves and the White Sox. So yeah, there's a few of the guys that really they love the music and get to hang out. I, there's no telling how many people would come in out of the clubhouse. You would at any given time. You just never know who's going to show up. But Rick Sutcliffe, you know, he pitched with the Cardinals and was the uh, Padres commentator and the ESPN. He'd bring guys. First time I met Bill Murray, he's just running in the clubhouse, came in, the actor Bill Murray, and bringing in musicians left and right. And Tim Flannery, our third base coach, was, is a big musician. He actually tours in the offseason. Definitely any given time, you never know who's going to be in the clubhouse. Hey, Ryan, uh, what was the first concert you ever went to as a kid? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. It was a I don't remember in California the rock station called KNAC. I think it was uh, like a whole bunch of them. It was Guns N' Roses, nice. Metallica, White Snake, or whatever. But you know, back when I was growing up, it was everything. My family listened to country music, but I listened. I listened to everything. I mean, I honestly still to this day listen to just about everything. Do you have any tickets for upcoming shows? Are you going to any uh, concerts coming up? <sighs> well, I, I know I haven't got my money back for the um, one of the concerts I paid for during the Corona. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I think I think they just rescheduled. I think it was a bunch of guys. It was uh, Motley Crue. Yeah, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Poison here at Truist Park. Exactly. Have they rescheduled that? I don't think they have a a date quite yet, but I know that show is being rescheduled because I had tickets to it as well, man. That's going to be an awesome show because Motley Crue was my first ever concert. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while. Some of the guys I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen Def Leppard live ever. I've seen Motley one time, but that's going to be really cool. You know, I grew up in California, but my sisters and my mom and dad were born in Bakersfield, California, and Merle Haggard lived yes, uh, sir. one one street over. So Merle Haggard used to drive around in his car, driving around the block, trying to pick up my mom, and my grandma would run him off with a shotgun. <laughs> that's the best. That's probably the best story I think I've ever heard in my life. Merle Haggard tried to pick up my mom, and my grandma ran her off with a shotgun. Dude, that is classic. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's some, some crazy stuff, man. That is the most brilliant. I don't think I'll ever forget that story. That is absolutely brilliant. So uh, and I got to, I actually got to talk to Merle Haggard, you know, a couple years before he passed away and told him my story. Because yeah, I lived on that street because that was your mom. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My mom was a smoke show back in the day. And and talking about that Baker's yeah. and talking about that Bakersfield sound, you probably are a big Dwight Yoakam fan, I would imagine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of good country music come out of there. A lot of those guys. We were not come the Okies from Kenokies. They came down early 1900s, 1920s, 30s, 40s, and a lot of those people from Oklahoma went down there. And there was a lot of cropland in Bakersfield, and a lot of pickers. You know, all, you got almonds and grapes, potatoes, all that. So a lot of those people moved from Oklahoma to get work, and it's, so there's a lot of people from Oklahoma that live in that part of the country. That means that there's got to be a lot of good food out that way too. So give me something that you like to eat that's native to California, and then give me some of your favorite Southern foods since you live in the South now. Well, you know, I always miss that good Mexican food in California, man. Yeah. The tri-tip and the shredded beef tacos and, you know, marinated chicken stuff. They don't do that around here that much around here. You go down there, I go to California and I put on 10 pounds every time. And then, <laughs> you know, growing up, mom always did the Southern cookie, you know. I mean, it was cornbread was on the table two or three times a week. You got sick of corn beans and cornbread and all the Southern food from coming from, you know, Oklahoma and, and stuff like that. So um, that was kind of definitely in, in our, our staples in our household for sure. What about the stuff here in the Southeast in Brave? country like what's your favorite stuff to eat here god there's some really good food down here it's hard it's just summer vegetables you know you got collars and the, and the peas and all the all the good stuff you know that you know fresh vegetables and i mean get in there and that southern fried chicken and man that's that's hard to beat and actually we, you know growing up we really never had much barbecue 
you. So I think the first time I moved to Atlanta full time, I came into spring train spring training twenty pounds overweight because I hated <laughs> the barbecue place every day. Right. So you know you're telling how much and they're like, how'd you put on this weight? And I'm like, never before. I was like, I don't know. I said, what have you been eating? I said, barbecue and sweet tea every day. And they ran my butt off every day in spring training. I dropped like fifteen the first two weeks to try to get back in shape. Bobby Cox had to whip you into shape. I love it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Hey Ryan Klesko, sixteen years in the bigs, eight with Atlanta, and your biggest moment clearly came when you helped lead the Braves to the '95 World Series championship, and you hit three home runs in three consecutive World Series games. Glavin got the MVP, and of course on the mound he was the man. But I got to say, you were kind of the MVP too, man. How did that feel? No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was, it was great, great feeling. You know, that was only my regular, really second full year in the major leagues. The first, my first full year was a strike short year uh we ended in i think august so that was really my first full year in the major leagues when we won it 94 uh we you know i said there was no world series in 94 no playoffs and then 92 and 93 i got cups of coffee i think chipper and i got called up in 93 for a month or two and then i think in 92 i got called up just for the last couple weeks of the season so uh it was a thrill to be able to play with those guys and you know to be able to contribute and, and do something in world series and um i thought they had it last year man but i tell you what a, it's a great story and this is a lot of people don't know about but so my mom was my big reason I made it to major leagues. And both my sisters were great softball players. My dad worked in the oil fields uh, as a roughneck, you know, in the oil fields of Long Beach, California. So he didn't. Get, he, he worked a lot of overtime, and you know, in California, it's expensive to live. So mom was there, and she worked two jobs too. But she taught us, you know, softball and baseball. So she had some health problems later on, and uh, but come, you know, fast forward in the, in the third game of the World Series, mom, the first two games sat behind home plate. This is the last game in Cleveland. Those were all on the road. She went and sat on the outfield because she didn't want my sister sitting in the outfield all the time. So she went out there by herself. And my third home run in the World Series off Mesa, 102 mile hour fastball, I hit it, and it actually hit her hand in right field. What? Yeah, Get out amazing. of here! That's yeah. amazing. What a crazy story. Guy knocked her over, got the ball, ended up getting the ball, but you know, of course, she hit her hand. The guy knocked her over, she didn't catch it, and then uh, it was just a good story because you know, my mom was the one that worked two jobs to to put me through hitting and pitching lessons. She was the one that put put the catcher's gear on when I was throwing 80 miles an hour my freshman year in you know in high school and built my pitching mound by hand and uh so it was just it was just a cool deal to be able to see her come up and she was there when we won the world series so and, and it was just a great experience to see my have my mom's experience all that to all the hard work she put in me and scott were just talking about this how the bat flip has become such a thing in major league baseball you know it and dude i love it i love when guys celebrate home runs i'm a pretty traditional guy but i just love seeing people enjoy the game and scott pointed it out to me that you were one of the original guys when you smoked a ball you would give it a little flip I did get hit quite often for that, but you know, <laughs> I didn't do it all the time. But it was just kind of my finish. But you know, every once in a while I do, especially if a guy hits, has thrown at me before in the past. You know, Pedro threw it behind me um, one time after I hit a home run off of him, and then so I, I got him like four or five more times after that. I hit I think more home runs off Pedro than anybody else did there at the time when I retired. But certain guys that got a little personal beef with have a little extra things. But yeah, sometimes I just got a little overexcited and let it eat a little bit. And definitely a lot of times you'd wear a '96 minor fastball in the back after that but not all the time do you feel like that Acuna because you know he's a flashy player do you feel like guys are hitting him on purpose or do you think it's just because they're pitching him inside because they feel like they have to or he's going to put it out of the park on him I definitely think he's been hit on purpose remember all that thing with the Marlins they had where he got hit a couple times and stuff but there's a part of it when a guy takes a big swing especially when you're young you want to back him off the plate pitchers got to be able to have the inside corner to be able to succeed at this level so I know pitching and I was a pitcher I was drafted as a pitcher I was actually drafted as a pitcher 
I just went into the draft with a sore arm. They just let me take batting practice because I couldn't pitch at the time during my workout. You can get away with it a little bit more, but, you know, they, they got all this gear on now. They can sit, they got the wrist guards and the elbow guards and stuff, and, and they just started kind of coming in effect later on in my career where a lot of those guys were starting to wear that, all that protection. So it, it, the, fear, the fear factor of that inside corner and inside pitch is, is, is a little bit less than what it used to be. So it's changed a little bit, but, I, you know, I enjoy it. You know, pitchers are out there pumping their fists and, Slapping their mitts and stuff. So, you know, I don't agree with it when it's, you know, 10 to nothing. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you're killing a team. There's certain, there's a, there's a certain part of me that still has that old school part of it. And I, and I've probably bat flipped some guys I probably shouldn't have and, and, uh, probably paid for it later on. But, you know, you, you don't want to get in any other teammates hit either. So game's changing a little bit, but it's exciting, right? It's, it's fun. It's kind yeah. of changing a little bit, but you gotta, you know, let them celebrate a little bit. Just, there's kind of a fine line there. You just gotta be careful. Yeah. So what do you, what would you say to young guys? Cause my, my kids, uh, 16, he'll be 17 this summer. He was a perfect game all American last summer and, uh, he's all region for his high school this year not the biggest kid but you know his dream is to go play baseball and i never tell him no i'm like all right you know go play baseball and he's and he believes he's going to be a pro baseball player i never tell him no i'm always just trying to encourage him to think about what he'll do after the game because everybody plays their final game what do you tell kids that really want to play at least college level high level baseball like what's what's something that you would you would tell them to do or tell them to avoid well i just tell them just go out and the best you can give it 100 percent and i even the kids we just played you know in um down there in um charleston this weekend at one of the probably the prettiest places i've ever seen is the shipyard yes. down there a family donated some land down there it's absolutely beautiful and i tell my kids my speech is look guys i would love to be able to put that jersey back on and be where you guys are at right now so go out there give it 100 percent work as hard as you can and if that's your goal give it 100 percent and you look back in a mirror when you're my age you'd be much enjoyment out of playing the game or do you get more enjoyment out of watching your own son play oh i definitely get more nervous when he's playing than when i ever played and you know except for a few times you know going to the world series and stuff and, and going out but yeah I, I definitely get more out of it than watching him play and i'm sure you probably feel the same way when your son's out there playing absolutely absolutely talking to ryan klesko getting ready to wrap up scott hey speaking of kids i know you've done a lot of charitable work with the make a wish foundation over the years uh what was that like for you ryan you know, um, I think when I was with Atlanta, Tom Glavin was kind of the head guy, uh, and I was, me and Tom were, the, you know, working with the Make-A-Wish kids. You know, every homestand, we'd try to do something, and I enjoyed it. It really puts things in perspective. We had some kids out there, you know, and you say you're over your last 12, and then you go out there and you're feeling sorry for yourself. You walk out there and you see them out there just wanting to get enough energy to, to you know, walk the bases or something like that. And, and uh, I sure hope that uh, us feeling to help uh, get those kids through some things uh, that, you know, they, they gave me so much more than I ever could give them just by being able to be a part of their lives. And I think that was a, the big thing for the for the guys to be able to give back. And, um, you know, a lot of guys, Trevor Hoffman in San Diego with the troops, and uh, we, you know, I helped with that. And, just, and then we started our own children's uh, foundation right after that and started working with kids. And, and uh, man, it's just, it's just a blessing to be able to give back and be able to do some things and to be able to, uh, what the game's given so much to us, we can we can make those kids maybe, maybe help, you know, fight 
it a little bit until they can get through it. And you can hear the passion in your voice, and I appreciate that, man. My wife and I started a, uh, a local chapter of the Cast for Kids organization where you take special needs kids fishing. Most of them have never gone fishing, and, dude, when they catch a fish, their face is the most priceless thing you'll ever see in your entire life. So uh, maybe later this year if we get back on track and, and COVID isn't an issue, we'll invite you to come out and be a part of it because it is absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and also, you know, um, we did a lot of stuff uh, with a lot of the country singers, you know. Uh, Daryl Singletary, which just passed away yeah. a few years ago. God he rest come his out soul. And, and, yeah, and uh, Red Bacon uh, would come out, and, and he did some charity stuff for us. We raised a bunch of money for those kids over time, so those country singers have been a, were a godsend for us to be able to help raise money for the kids. And uh, it was a big part of his, you know, throwing these country concerts out there and Tyler Farr and those guys. So just a, it was just a really cool experience to be able to, 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 be able to pick up the phone and ask those guys to do it and then be right on right on point for us. So it was a, it's a real big thing. If you ever need anything like that, um, this guy still do a lot of work. Just let me know. Man, I'll certainly will, and I appreciate it. We got a, we got an offer for you, though. Ryan Klesko, it's great to have you in Braves country and great to talk to you on the Braves radio network. I was in the studio doing some work with Kevin Kinney of Driving and Crying, and I told him that you were going to be on the show, and he asked me to personally invite you to one of their shows soon, and he wants you to come up and introduce the band from the stage. You into that, buddy? Oh, man, that'd be great. Heck yeah, man, I love those guys. I got to see them in uh, Florida a couple of years ago at the uh, Songwriters Festival in 30A. For, and, uh, man, that'd be great, and of course in Macon. But, yeah, for sure, that is that is so awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. All right, man, let's keep in touch, and we'll go right to on. a live rock show very soon. There we go. Can't wait. Brian, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, and, and uh, we can wish you continued success. And your son, too, man. Tell him to hit him hard. All right. He's sitting there right here with me. Say hi, Hunter. Hey, what's up, big Hunter? Hunter Klesko. Well, hang on. Well, now, listen, before we jump off, Hunter, what, what position do you play, buddy? First and pitcher and outfield. First pitcher and outfield. All right. And then what's same your favorite? As, same as dad. Same as, same as your old man. I like it. That's a good, some good footsteps to follow in. What's your favorite position, Hunter? First. First, okay. And what number do you wear? 18. I wondered about that. All right. That's a good one to wear. All right, man. Well, you hit them hard. We wish you the best of luck. Do y'all play again this weekend? Yeah, he's playing with uh, Bacon Payne this weekend. Uh, where are we playing? It's somewhere around here in Georgia. Right on. Well, y'all be good. Best of luck, Hunter. We'll be keeping up with your career because I, I have a feeling you'll have a bright one ahead just like your father did, man. Best of luck, okay? okay. Ryan, thanks so much. God bless you, man. You too, man. See you guys. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. 
There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 